Broadcasting live from a spooky house, this is The Monstrous Feminine, the podcast where horrible humans talk about horror. My name is Taya, and I'm joined by my priest, Mila, Louisa, and Zeba. And this is our last episode of the month covering the theme doppelgangers and horror. If you want to hear one more bonus episode next week, go become a Patreon. Before we get into it, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or the Apple Podcast app. You can find all of our links in our Instagram at the Monstrous Feminine Podcast. This week, we're discussing the 2019 Korean film Metamorphosis, directed by Kim Hong-sun. The film begins with Jung-soo, a priest, failing to execute an exorcism properly, subsequently having the victim die and the demon escape. Metamorphosis follows the brother of a priest, Gang-gu, and his family as they move into a new home. However, they soon realize things are not what they seem when violent doppelgangers of the family members begin to appear in the home. Jung-soo is left to reckon with the escaped demon in order to save his family and finish what he started years before. Guys, do we think that this is the scariest movie we've covered on this podcast so far? No. I do. I was actually genuinely afraid. I think that this is certainly the most powerful demon I have seen in a horror movie. Like, as far as its abilities. They said it was not just anyone. Satan himself, I believe. Yeah, it was the devil. But I think, I I mean, like, you know what? This is where Conjuring fell off for me, is the devil made me do it. I'm like, this better be the scariest one. This better be the biggest, baddest. You're telling me this is literally Satan just to come and find out it's just a regular witch wilding out from the beyond. That was so lame to me. I was like, you promised me the devil. Like, I this, I think, achieved that. It really delivered, like ultimate power you know but like you know the ending we can talk about when we get to the ending but i don't think it was the scariest what do you think would be the scariest thing we've done then because i don't think anything we've done is like scary except for this that's a strong assertion i'm trying to think of all the films that we've done low-key raw like i think just like the times i've been like this the like avert my eyes scared has been the body horror episode that was a good one we haven't done it but hereditary hereditary would be the scariest if we'd done it i think the scariest we've done is train to busan for me because of zombies i love zombie movies though so that didn't scare me i think this one scared me the most because i don't like uh possession stuff I don't know, guys. Like, I get scared by a lot, so everything can scare me. Like, every single one we've done will have a moment where I'll be, like, (laughs) scared. Unfriended Dark Web scared the shit out of me. (laughs) That one feels a lot like Hostel. Because it felt like watching a snuff film at parts. The Monstrous Feminine is on TikTok, so please go leave us a comment. If you do, you might just get a shout-out, and our next episode is our Witch of the Week. This episode, our Witch of the Week is Chetta, spelled C-H-E-T-T-E-R-R who commented on our IT TikTok and said, I don't care about IT, but I thoroughly enjoyed your explanation. That is the single greatest comment. We made you care about something you don't care about. That's amazing. We are really just here to entertain, not to inform. (laughs) Or to know anything about horror movies. Or simply to know. Yeah. And we're glad that you appreciate that and our authenticity. Thank you, Cheddar. Cheddar. You sound so British. Cheddar. 
Friendly reminder that we are also on Patreon. For £1 a month, you gain access to our Discord. For £3 a month, you get to hear uncut discussions from our main episodes. And for £5 a month, you get all that plus a bonus episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please support us. In this movie, there was something missing. <laughs> and I feel like uh, maybe it was because this is a Shudder original. It felt too... I feel like Shudder does have some good originals. But with this one, it felt like a Western concept horror film in Korea. And they didn't really add any aspects of Korean culture. Especially because there was so much potential with like using Catholicism within Korea because a lot of like very religious people in Korea be in cults and that would have been so much more interesting if they had something else there but it just didn't happen like they completely like removed the cultural aspect I guess because maybe they didn't want to explain it or they wanted to make it like as straightforward as possible for like a western audience but I feel like when you make films set in a country, whether it is Germany or South Korea, it is so much more interesting when you use the setting. <laughs> and this movie didn't really do that at all. Like this could have been shot anywhere with any actors and it would have been the same movie. They just didn't make use of like the setting or the context at all. Um, I did like the beginning, like the nod to the exorcism, but when the girl like jumps out the window, I thought that was cool. I do think they did better than a lot of films do when they have like exorcism elements and this the concept was interesting. I liked it. Um, but I do feel like it was a missed opportunity in some ways. Like a stock photo movie. It was just like very bland. It didn't feel like a real movie. It felt like... Do you mean like like what I was saying? Like it could have been, happened anywhere and it wouldn't have made any difference to the plot because they didn't add anything to it. That certainly made sense to me. I was like, yeah, you're right. There isn't much depth to the story. It's like if, okay, if an AI was fed filmmaking 101 and like a couple of horror movies. I don't know how to explain it. It didn't feel like I had a human behind it. Everything was fine. I don't hate it. I was just like so confused about why I was feeling nothing at all towards the film. I don't know. I want to hear more about why you guys liked it. For me, because it did, like, what you're describing of, like, oh, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do in a horror movie. Like, these things, it it filled in gaps for me that I wanted to see in other movies like it. So, like, for me, why does a doppelganger movie never take advantage of, like, the trickery of who to trust? Like, and us, we know who the tethers are. They wear uniforms. At no point are they, it's like, is that my mom? Like, I guess at the end, it sort of is like, that's the twist. But I'm like, yeah, the scariest thing is that somebody's running around pretending to be you. None of the other doppelganger movies that we did, like, took advantage of the, like, of that aspect of it, of, like, tricking the audience or tricking the other characters. So I was like, okay, finally, you're using the doppelgangers in a way that's, like, useful and not just, like, a metaphor for something else. But then like the other aspect of it that I think that I wanted more of in us especially for the black family is like why are they the bad version of somebody or like what is like the bad impulse that they have and I, I agree with what you're saying Taya what you said about like we didn't know anything about the family they didn't give us a rundown of their personalities or whatever I felt like that was given to us in how the demons acted I'm like maybe the mom is resentful of the kids and like doesn't like having them or maybe that one sister does feel like oh they had too many kids and can't afford us and you should just kill me and like the things that they say don't feel like something that the demon pulled out of its ass it feels like like the unsaid 
unsaid resentments that the family had towards each other and that's why he's able to like play them against each other like I think that was interesting and what made him feel like a very powerful demon is like I really like possession movies I think they're like interesting and this was like a very unique twist on possession because like they aren't possessed the whole time it is like another creature like they're doing whatever but he's very much like puppet mastering them against each other in a way that i'm like yeah that is what a doppelganger would do like that is the replacing the fear is that not only that they would be better than you in your position but maybe they'd fuck up your life like maybe they'd make it worse like maybe they people would lose trust in each other if they knew that we had like doubles running around and i guess like to me i was like i enjoyed it because i'm like okay finally i that's that satiation of why I am afraid of doppelgangers has been satisfied. And that like, yo, they could trick you. People are so fallible. People are, the main thing I was like, when they were all sleeping in the living room together, I'm like, that is the only viable plan. You have to literally be looking at each other all the time. If you leave for one second, you fucked it up. And the fact that they gave up on that plan so quickly, like the second that kid needed to piss, I was like, you're done for. You're, you're never, you cannot trust each other now because one person has left. I agree with you. I really liked this film and I liked it because it was probably one of the most unique takes I've seen on a possession movie. I think possession movies are not my most favorite genre of horror, only because they seem so formulaic to me. This is still pretty formulaic. Like, obviously, you're going to have an exorcism. Like, obviously, you're going to have some sort of showdown in the end with the devil. However, I think I've never seen a horror film use, like, the devil could impersonate, the devil can take many forms and make it a doppelganger narrative. I thought that was, like, really, really cool. So it's, like, possession, yeah, like you said, with a really unique twist. So I think I really enjoyed that element of it just because... I guess a, a stock movie photo, I guess what I see what you're saying, it has like, that's actually a really good phrase. But I think that it is a bit more original than that. I think that that twist on the possession is what enchanted me with it. I also just liked the kind of like makeup, I guess, makeup of the possession people. I thought it was scary. I thought it was um kind of cool. It also seemed like a little bit like a nod to The Exorcist and like that kind of old 70s gore kind of thing. Yeah, I just really, I liked it for that. While I agree with Mila on some aspects, and I do feel like they really missed the mark on being able to like use the location to make it scarier, I honestly feel like they fulfilled with the goal of making a horror film that's good and scary. I do wish there was more character development because I feel like we do have like the sister who feels like the goody two-shoes and then the one that feels like she doesn't really belong in the family, which I felt like was stereotypical, I guess, or very overdone. But also I feel like um, this movie does a really good job of uh, a horror that is like the crisis of the family um, where like when something is happening within the home that makes you like lose trust of the people who you're supposed to always trust. Very terrifying, especially like the when the mom is like trying to kill her children and they're confused and then she comes out and she's like, what the hell is going on? Like that is terrifying and I think they do a great job at that especially like now that we have a lot of people who don't necessarily want to have the nuclear family and seeing like the personification of the nuclear family fall to pieces on screen is a very interesting perspective. I mean it's, it's not far off from like how I think families do have fractures within them particularly like a lot of my friends who I knew who grew up with both parents because I just grew up with my mom like their dad had like that weird sense of humor of like I hate my wife and kids and like that's very common to see <laughs> that that's like a, a hum sense of humor thing or like being like oh my wife's ugly or something like that 
or like I completely settled or something it's very much like that underlying like dislike of each other that is kind of insidious in families and this movie just like exemplifies that and turns it into like true horror where like the version of you that hates your family the most is your doppelganger um who's being messed with and has the strings being played with supernaturally that is all very scary it's also very clever i mean there's a, a birthing crisis in nearly every country in the world where people aren't having enough babies and so a movie about like a family fracturing and it's the ideal family with like two daughters a son a husband a wife the nuclear family this it's interesting it's fun i completely agree I think it's interesting what the doppelganger reveals about the family, as you guys are saying, but also what is the most, like, evil thing that particular family member could do. So, for the dad, it's, like, very much related to, like, a sexual taboo. Like, if you transgressed, like, that line with your daughter, that would be the worst thing a father could do. But then in comparison, the mom's worst thing she could do would be, like, to be angry at the breakfast table and shove food in her son's face and I was like those are no way like on the same level of like violation so I thought that was kind of amusing and inadvertently it did kind of like show like very ingrained and stereotypical dynamics of like gender and families and everything um and how they did that but I do think like what you guys are saying is interesting to see what the doppelganger reveals about um I didn't think about it as like the devil would know and maybe is talking like revealing their darkest thought that they might have had like maybe the mom being resentful of her son or something like that I think that's interesting and again relates to what we talked about last episode about the uncanny representing your unconscious or like your repressed impulses that you can't fulfill so the the devil just kind of impersonates them and then says it what they're repressing I loved watching them turn on each other because I, to me, the scariest thing is like, is, is people killing people or like, or like an an, an unnatural force using people against each other. Like that scene where he's whipping his daughter, like, or like priest is whipping the daughter and like, I know it's not her. I'm like, fuck, like, no, but he's trying, like the father feels like he can't do anything about it because like he's been told to trust not only in this family member, but in a religious institution. And this guy says, this this is the demon. The demon's in this daughter. Whatever you do, don't let it out of this daughter. Like, like, and the mom is like, please, it's obviously her. Like, can't you recognize your own daughter? And then for that to be turned on its head again in the basement where we're sure it's not her, and then it is the demon, is like, I was gotten by every plot twist. When that priest came back from the dead, or like, you realize it was his doppelganger, that he had actually died. Because like, I guess I had like a passing thought. I'm like, how come he's the only one who survived? And why didn't he stay to help them? And like, he just left that car behind. I was like, what? What is it? What is it? But like genuinely the twist got me. I was like, oh fuck. And I think it also tapped into that fear that I've always said, like, same thing with zombie movies is like the institution failed you. To me, if I if, if somebody I knew was getting possessed, I'd call a priest. I'm not even fucking Catholic. I would call a Catholic priest because that's what I've been told to do. <laughs> and if, and if the priest was the demon, I'd be like, oh no, you calm down. <laughs> like when all those priests died, I'm like, oh no, they can't even like call for backup. I'm not Catholic. Why am I like, oh, are we going to call Ghostbusters? Like that made me panic. I'm like, oh, there's no help. There's no help coming for you now. You can't call the police. What are you going to do? Yeah, but I did think like, you mentioned the daughter, Zeba, like the daughter being whipped. And I think this is kind of one of the things that confused me a little bit. So was the daughter never actually i don't understand that because i 
I feel like the lore that they kind of established in this film was that people aren't necessarily being inhabited, but they're being duplicated to like mimic. But then all of a sudden it, it switches back to like inhabiting it. But I just kind of thought it would have been stronger if it kind of stuck one. I thought it was a bit odd. At the same time, if it's supposed to be the devil, he can do a lot more than the average. He can do what he wants, Louisa. God. I guess, but I don't know. It just didn't really... I feel like also why the daughter, it was odd. I don't know. It's because it was it was a distraction. So like, I think the daughter in the living room that the priest saw like not drink the holy water was possessed or, or a double. I don't think it really matters. Like that was not her, whatever. I think that... The thing did that on purpose so that the priest would tell the dad, the thing is in your daughter, that's it. That's the only thing you have to focus on. In the meantime, it doubled the priest. Or like it, or or it like like it, it contacted the priest, said, pick me up at the airport. Like the whole thing was a distraction. So the dad is distracted by thinking that the thing is inside the daughter. The priest is distracted by thinking he needs to pick up this guy at the airport. In the meantime, the doppelganger becomes the priest comes in and like and acts as this like oh beacon of trust i'm the only priest now who's alive and i am going to be the one to like save her they also needed to be distracted the entire time that the priest was at the airport going to pick people up that's why i thought it was like oh this is satan because there are multiple things going on at once in order to get this plan accomplished and then it actually possesses the daughter. I think just as like a shocking plot twist because now we as the audience are like, it wasn't her, it wasn't her, it wasn't her, stop whipping her just for it to then be her later. But it doesn't actually possess her ever necessarily then because in the end, her body comes down intact. Like, do you know what I mean? Because if she, if it was, it possessed her when it came down and started peeling her face, that would have been her actual physical body, right? But it's all, it's just the duplicated, doubled version of her. And then she comes down later. When she didn't drink the holy water, I do believe she was indeed possessed. And I think it had to be that daughter because she was like the nice one. If the other one was acting funny, like they would have just been like, no, she has an attitude problem. Like it could have been written off that way. But because she was like the one who was the most obedient and like the most kind and jolly, when something was off with her, it was very obvious. Versus the other one, the audience would have been like, uh, I mean, she just kind of was like that the whole movie. Like, and she always hated them. And it needed to be off enough that the priest would notice, but not alert everybody. Okay, I guess that one makes sense. Because the demon needed to think that they were in on it, that they were one step ahead, when actually he was like three steps ahead. Okay, other consistencies. Inconsistencies, sorry. First of all, the family not knowing that the middle child, um, Hyunju, like, died and, like, disappeared. Like, no one thought to go look for her. It took them so long to realize that. And I was like, no wonder your daughter thought she didn't, like, moment she had middle child issues. Because it fully took you guys, like, a whole two, like, two hours to realize she'd gone. And a house where you know already that shit's going down now. Like, why did no one think to, like, oh, didn't we send her to the dark basement alone to get those Virgin Mary statues? And, like, not bother to follow up on that? That was just kind of wild to me. And then secondly was, um, but I guess that makes more sense now when you talk about like how the devil might be in person, the doppelganger devil might be like making them say stuff that they've actually thought. So maybe the family is a bit neglectful of the middle child. And maybe that is why the doppelganger version was like, I should just die then. And then it kills her. Maybe that's some sort of grand irony now. And that's more woven in, but it still seems like a little bit out of pocket. 
But they genuinely barely talked to that girl the whole, whole movie. The only person who paid her attention was literally her sister and her brother. Like, her parents truly didn't care she existed. So that's not the most unusual that they didn't notice he was there. Also, we have to think about the dad didn't pay attention to his kids so much that he couldn't differentiate between his daughter being possessed and his daughter being herself and beat her nearly to death. Yeah. The other thing was they mentioned like this house sold so so cheap at the auction and they like made it seem like it would be like the evil was in the house. Like, I don't know why. Like, you know how a typical like haunted house story will be like, why was this house so cheap? Like the family moves in. And I don't know why they said this trope just for that not to be relevant at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was like not integral to like any part of the plot Like because also obviously the evil follows them. Like the evil, the devil was uh harassing the priest and chooses his family so he infiltrates the house it never came from the house so i don't know why they like had this like weird trope of like haunted house lore but i thought like one of the neighbors said that something weird had happened at that house and it was just like the house itself was creepy so they could write off some of the stuff that was happening because they just thought okay well we moved into a haunted house whatever harmless we broke and so like they wouldn't immediately be like oh something supernatural versus like if they lived in like a really nice place that didn't have like lore behind it then they probably would have immediately been like something's wrong i'm less convinced by that explanation but i think you've kind of resolved the others yeah that was the other thing like the neighbor thing also seemed random and kind of unfleshed out but like i'll allow it because it had cool imagery and was creepy we can assume that he was possessed before, like when the dad goes to like give him a piece of his mind about the parking situation. He's not possessed. He's doubled. He's dead by that point. Right. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. That he's a doppelganger. That that's not him is what I mean. And then the house is creepy. And then somehow by devil magic, it becomes a normal house again. I think that was just a trick of the eye. <laughs> the devil being like a trick of the eye. Like, so I just wrote that off as like double. Yeah. Devil magic. I would like to clarify my stock photo movie point. You've been hanging on to that? <laughs> I don't mean the plot so much. The plot was fine, like a okay, fun, generic possession story. I mean more like in terms of, I know Louisa, you said you liked the makeup. For me, the makeup, the special effects, even the acting actually, I thought it was like really bad for some of it. She said, I'm clarifying my take by saying how much I hated it more. The plot was fine and I think that the film just felt like really disjointed in terms of like how all the elements came together and that's why like, I really couldn't get into it. But the film itself, like the plot and the possession narrative, it didn't do anything that was like out of place or harmful. So that's what I mean is that I don't hate it because a film, for example, like Black Christmas, where I have like a fucking vendetta against it because it's like obviously touching on really sensitive important issues in like a climate in which like political correctness is like a thing we're all tuned into this film i just didn't like it i didn't enjoy it though thinking about this of like if this was a bloomhouse film i'd be like this is the best bloomhouse film they've ever done like because i expect because i expect them to be bad acting cookie cutter plot like oh they just do horror movies they like make horror movies and they churn them out in the way that like you know how like thriller writers like just churn out a book a month like they'd be really be doing it like certain studios are that way and i give them a lot of grace they were a fake family. I didn't believe for one second they were a family. Like, I watched Us straight after, and it was jarring to me, like, how seamless it was compared to this film. I think, like, the family in this movie didn't seem like a family because that was, like, 
integral to the their part of the story like they weren't like the family unit that was already strong so when an outside force came in and started making them distrust each other it was very easy for this man to literally be like okay i'm gonna keep beating my daughter because you said she possessed i didn't see them as miserable as you you guys are making out because they moved into that house because they were very poor i thought they moved because of the uncle they moved into that house specifically because like they couldn't afford a better house no they they got a cheap price because it was haunted and no one else wanted to live there and everyone else knew that it was and and the mom was the one who pushed i think for it to be that house am i remembering correctly and that's what the the tension in the marriage was is like it was it was either the the husband or the wife i don't think that they were miserable i think that their cohesion and like the things that made them seem together as a family was quite shallow and that's why it didn't take a lot to like break their togetherness yeah it seemed like the husband and wife already didn't trust each other's judgment when you like start watching the movie what i would say is like the pacing this movie seems off because it takes so long for like it to really pick up yeah i texted you guys and i was like so confused i was like this isn't a doppelganger story i was like why is it under a double i was like does it come later i will say i was 33 minutes in so that's a long time for a theme not to present itself in this movie like the pacing is very slow and at first it just kind of feels like a family drama and then it's like a doppelganger possession family drama but like that first half is just so boring to be honest um and it's kind of hard to keep track of some of the characters the uncle like he goes out of the picture for a while and then he comes back and like him being the main character makes little sense because he's not in the movie that much in my opinion like he's there quite a bit but he's not there enough for me to be like okay this makes sense because i'm like i mean from what i gather like the reason why this all happened is because his faith wasn't strong enough the devil decided to pick on him because like his faith wasn't strong enough for him to properly execute the first exorcism that he was trying to do in the movie that's why it fucked up and the girl jumped out the window because he just he he didn't have conviction in the things that he was saying and so it was easy for it to break kind of like when we did the that zoom horror movie host yeah and we were like the the circle was broken and so obviously everything was going to go wrong it was like once he broke that like he showed weakness in front of the devil and the devil's like i'm gonna murder your whole family now (laughs) (laughs) the devil's a scorpio it gave ways for things to occur that wouldn't have happened if he had the conviction to follow through the first time. And even like as it's happening with his family, he doesn't have like the strength to really do much for a significant part. Uh, I mean, nearly everybody died. <laughs> <laughs> He's not like this unifying hero force. The family doesn't really seem that sad that almost all of them are dead. Like it's very... When you compare it to us, it's like the family structure here is just so weak that it doesn't make sense necessarily for like the vendetta that the devil has against him to follow his very weak family that he doesn't seem that close to. Like there's tension with him and his brother. Even when they started acting up, like like when the devils started entering and doing like minor mischiefs, they thought it was weird, but nobody thought it was like weird enough to bring up so the first was the dad the first one who like did she didn't she didn't say anything at the breakfast table she just like was pissed and walked off and like explained to her sister later when the mom is acting up they all continue to sit there and stare at her like nobody's like really questioning that they're acting up and i'm like either y'all don't know each other very well 
<laughs> or this out-of-pocket behavior doesn't surprise you that much. Like it's it's not, even when they start like acting violent, like when the hammer comes out, that was good body horror, like smashing the bones. Cause like there was no blood involved, but that really like got me. And stepping on the glass and the glass went through their feet, like the double's feet. But even when the parents were being violent, they were like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? They weren't like completely surprised that their parents were trying to kill them. Are you in a bad mood, mom? Are you on your period? <laughs> yeah, like they weren't, su- they weren't totally shocked that their family was acting out in a violent way. And I'm like, if if my parent came after me with a hammer, I would think that like, that has to be Satan. I don't know, like. <laughs> in the movie, like we never really see them very loving towards the kids like they just kind of all exist in the same house but like the siblings are close to each other and like when the siblings start to their doppelgangers come out that's when there's more like suspicion from the kids end but like the parents themselves they don't really they're like oh i'm kind of afraid of mom now or i'm kind of afraid of dad now but it's not like enough for them to really be like okay something's up until like it's them and i feel like that's because the parents have such a weak connection with their kids then when you add the uncle in the mix and like i mean they ain't that close to him either so i don't really know why he why why his this family was chosen like it could have just followed him but I'm like they don't seem like they had a super close sibling relationship i think they even had like some underlying tension that they squashed or maybe i'm mixing that up so i'm like this is weird because couldn't he just followed him and fucked up his career like why go after his family that he's not even that close to i mean i get what you're saying i just feel like not I don't th- think they're as disconnected or not as close quite as you're saying, as much as you're saying, but um, in terms of the whole family unit as a whole, I do wish that they had had less of like the shots of like other priests and like the church and more about like uh, the brother's relationship because I was just like, I would have liked to know more because also like the middle, ch- the middle child and the wife were like so mad resentful of the brother and it seemed to be like not really explained that well. I mean, they, it was just because, oh, he had a scandal and now we resent him because we have to move. But that seems simplistic and I think I would have liked more of like family explanation there, like about the brothers and maybe their history. So I think sometimes it was a bit like, why are you showing me this particular scene? Um, but yeah, I like the film. It's a wild ride. People die during exorcisms, like IRL, like even whatever, whether it's a demon or not, people die. Who is liable when that happens? Is it the priest? I feel like no one. I think you have to sign a waiver that says like, if you die. The Catholic Church has a lot of protection against that sort of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) You said against us and I was like, you're acknowledging that you are a Catholic. No. I will say that the Vatican is a very beautiful building. The aesthetics of church and like Catholicism is like beautiful. Immaculate. Literally. (laughs) I mean, I'm not Catholic, but like sometimes I'm like, I would get married in this church. That would be cool. That'd be nice. Put some flowers on the pews. I think rosaries are fun. Like they kind of went off. (laughs) Didn't he get like his priest training in the Philippines, which makes sense. That is a point that does make sense because the Philippines is overwhelmingly Catholic because the Spanish colonization and stuff. But um, other than that, other than that, I was like, so has his family always been Catholic? Is he the only Catholic one? I don't know. I needed a little bit more background about the family just because I feel like I didn't quite understand their relationship because him and his brother had tension. I don't understand why like his family brother's action was so connected to the family like if he had a scandal i'm not sure that his entire family have to pick up and move 
especially because if it's like with the exorcism thing i'm not sure how many people actually pay attention to like religious news enough to be like oh he fell at an exorcism and someone d- jumped out a window they just said that there were like rumors going around like everybody was talking shit like he didn't even try or that he was involved in her death somehow so like the thing that stuck with me is that like oh the, the mother was of the girl who died was going around saying that all he did was like say some prayers like he didn't like get involved physically and that's why it made sense that he whipped her. Like the last time he's like, I didn't get the devil out last time because I didn't, I just stood there and prayed and I didn't do anything physical to the body of the possessed person. And that's why he it justifies being so violent towards her later. But that was the devil. Yeah, that was the devil. Yeah, but I, I, but we don't know that at that point. So like from the audience's perspective, that's why he would be not letting up. I actually saw this in my family the first time I saw it. And when we were watching it, we were like, there's no way this is the uncle. <laughs> there's no way this is a soft man who genuinely does not seem like he should have his job. Th- that man is not prepared to do something like this. He would literally leave the room and be like, this is too much. It's like that also shows that his brother doesn't know him. <laughs> He didn't pick up on like, no, I don't think my brother would ever be like this authoritarian about something. Originally, he's like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm not prepared. I'm not the one to do this. And it's only when he comes back. Like, like, don't you think it's weird that he had that change of heart that like he was so motivated by guilt that he was like paralyzed to even help people and then comes back in the room and he's like, all right, let's whip her. Like (laughs) that change was suspicious. But like his brother doesn't pick up on any of that. And I'm like, how well do these people know each other? And this is why I feel like the family unit must be very weak. And they have like no base knowledge of each other. Because like as a viewer, you pick up on that very quickly. And you're like, this brother would not do that. Like something's wrong. Maybe I'm just gullible because I was like, okay, he's, he's whipping. <laughs> also, the fact that he let his small son in, in the room. He was in all the conversations. Yeah, why? <laughs> he should not be the part. <laughs> why did they do that? They didn't shelter him at all. It was like the therapy he needs. He knows his sister got burnt on a furnace. He knows that. You let him be in a room for an exorcism of his other sister? Like, this makes no sense where you had to beat her. And, like, the wife is in the room, too. And I'm like, I mean, I guess for the doppelganger function, but if you're assuming that it's in her, like, why would you even need for them to be in the room and him to watch his sister be, like, beat? Like, as a viewer, I mean, it was uncomfortable from the beginning, but, like, at some point it was just like, this is traumatizing to me as a viewer. And they still had the kid in the room. Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Feminine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Spotify at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast, and on Twitter at The Mon Femme Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and follow us on TikTok at The Monstrous Feminine Pod for podcast clips and more fun. Brooms up, which is out.